Art on a Podcast is brought to you in collaboration with Go With Yamo. Go With Yamo is an art exhibition app which helps you to find the exhibitions, art fairs and art events happening all around you. The app displays exhibitions based on your location, so the one closest to you will be at the top of the list, but if you're planning a trip, you can of course change your location to a different city. What makes the app really fun is that when you are at an exhibition, you can check in and earn points which can then be used to redeem prizes from the in-app store, such as prints, exhibition tickets, books and more. Go With Yamo also create custom virtual exhibitions for galleries and artists. They recently created the virtual space for the Art on a Postcard Winter Auction, which is definitely worth checking out if you haven't done so already. You can find all of these on their website, along with some great blog content, including artist interviews, exhibition recommendations, quizzes and reviews. The art app is free to download from the App Store and the Google Play Store, so make sure you check it out and visit their website, www.gowithyamo.com. That's G-O-W-I-T-H-Y-A-M-O. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Art on a Podcast, the podcast created by Art on a Postcard. Hello again to those of you that have been with us for a while now and to any new uh, listeners, welcome, welcome. You have a whole archive now, am I allowed to call it an archive? (laughs) Yes, I am, Um, of episodes to get stuck into, Um, featuring some gentle chats with our international roster of contemporary artists about their practices and experiences. I hope you're all doing very well anyway, and that you're feeling optimistic about the 21st of June, when of course we are all promised to be set free. Um, I think that's a much better look for me than what I've been currently doing, which is actually spending too much time online and then ending up with some bizarre things that I forgot that I had bought turning up to my door. My favourite surprise parcel was a grey wig, a rosary and a lavender scented candle, um, which I had no recollection of buying. I was slightly convinced that someone was trying to put a hex on me, but no, no it was I. Um, I've also been super busy though too in the build-up to our International Women's Day auction of course which launches this week and the 25th of February to the 11th of March which is of course International Women's Day. Um, If you are new to the podcast and want to learn more about the cause for our charity auctions then after this episode's done um, I urge you to go and take a listen to the first episode in this series where I spoke with Jane and Julia who are the Women's Prison Peer Programme Coordinators for the Hepatitis C Trust. But today I talk with one of the participating artists, the lovely Antonia Showering. Um, In the episode we talk about the universal potential of telling personal stories through art, artistic process, um, special Swiss mountains and good music as well. 
Antonia Showering is known for her richly layered depictions of family members in landscape settings. Deployed in warm, velvety washes of red, orange and green, Antonia is interested in how paint has the ability to manipulate or alter past experiences. Her works capture the ephemeral nature of memory using canvas or paper as a portal into these private moments. Similar to the act of storytelling, some parts are exaggerated, forgotten, and other parts are totally invented. Antonia has been featured in dozens of group exhibitions at galleries such as the Stephen Friedman Gallery, South London Gallery, House and Worth, Timothy Taylor and many more. She continues to make waves as one of Britain's most exciting artists and last year Antonia's first solo show at the White Cube Gallery was a major success. If you want to check out Antonia's paintings, they are lots 227 and 228 in the International Women's Day auction that can be found on our website, www.artonapostcard.com. A link should be waiting for you in the description of this podcast. I hope you enjoy the episode. Antonia, how has lockdown been for you? Have you been able to sort of be creative during the strange year that we've just had at the beginning of the first lockdown i was obsessively watching the news as was the rest of the world but um i struggled creatively seeing nurses who had come off of hardcore shifts and at the end of it would find themselves in these supermarkets where the shelves had been stripped of any fresh fruit and fruit and vegetables and i think that um it was at this point that i really did struggle creatively because I wanted to help, and I think that through um, being so removed, was um, it was difficult. It does feel sort of trivial describing this creative slump, as I know people really are fighting to survive at the moment. But um, in answer to your question, Rosa, after talking to several of my artist friends, it um, definitely wasn't a time many people found much inspiration. And then as the situation progressed and it looked like it was becoming yeah increasingly more permanent I realized that for my own well-being I had to start working again even if it meant just stretching and priming campuses and and with everything being shut and no one seeing each other like many others I was becoming more and more um isolated and and lonely but in this time, whilst I was starved of any human interaction, I found myself following my natural body clock. And um, I think this is because there was nothing to be getting up for and nothing to be going to sleep for. And I have got quite an unusual body clock. And so I became almost like a baby at one point where all I was doing was eating when I was hungry, sleeping when I was tired. And, and then the rest of the time I was painting. And so I would wake up and... Um, and walk up and see the sunset with my um, dog and then I'd go and paint until 10am and it was just a a time that I've never been allowed to work in in this way before because of how um, daily life works and um, and I did feel that there was this hour between four and five a.m that worked so well with with my paintings because there was a silence and I think because my work is a lot about memory and looking introspectively there's there was no distraction between four and five in the morning um not even in the sense that there weren't any the moths seemed to disappear by this time and the flies weren't 
one around yet. And so it was this absolute silent moment where um, I was able to have complete clarity in what it was that I was wanting to depict. Mm, wow, that sounds incredible. Um, and it's also, it's also, like you're saying, you know, this year, if it's done anything, it's kind of offered up kind of the opportunity that we've never had to slow down and be introspective. So um, that makes total sense. Um, and since we last saw each other, you have been absolutely killing it, um, exhibiting wow. with Timothy Taylor and White Cube. Um, so congratulations on how it's all going. How have you been finding it? Thank you. I was really, really pleased um, to be able to be working with my um, friend, Katie Hessel, who curated the show with Timothy Taylor. It was called Dwelling is the Light. And there was um, a fantastic group of female artists. And um, having my work alongside someone like Diane Arbus is um, is pretty special. Um, and, and I was thrilled with how the show went. And I really enjoyed working with Timothy Taylor's team. And then... Um, and then with the White Cube show, it was my first solo show. So having um, my work online for um, the whole world to see, because I think it's um, it's a it's a difficult time creatively, and with galleries all being shut and museums being shut, it's it's it it felt quite um, good to be able to have my my show be online during this time that anyone around the world um, had access to the site and um and I was I was really glad to have the um purpose during these very bleak months that I I was working very very harder than I've ever worked in my life um to produce the body of work that went into this show and um and I was I was very happy with how it was received and I again really really enjoyed working with the um, team at White Cube and uh, it was it was a it was a show that I will always, always look back on fondly. You're kind of everywhere now. I'm just seeing you. <laughs> and it's just so, but it's so well deserved um, because of just how hard you work and how much rigor kind of goes into your practice. So, you know, um, it's, a, it's a good sort of meritocracy in that sense that you uh, you know you work you put so much into your art and um now you're able to sort of get loads out of it as well so it's great um and your work is incredibly honest and open you know you have family members in there you have people you're in relationships with or past people you're in relationships with um friends and they, they all take the space within your work um now that more and more people are obsessing over your work is there a line between what you're willing to show in your work and what must remain private or is that an impossible distinction yeah that's a really interesting question i think that my work will always be drawing from very private lived experiences, or maybe they don't even have to have been lived. They can be hopes and desires and regrets as well. And um, in the past, maybe I would describe with with language, spoken language, um, quite directly about who the figures were. And and now I think before they would be my brother and my mother and my grandfather. And now I think they stand more as these um, universal figures in the way that people can perhaps look at the work and see themselves um, within it. And they, might, they may see their own 
family members. And um, and I think that's quite an important transition that's happened in my work. So the the themes that I'm exploring in my paintings are drawn from incredibly private lived experiences, but they are universal collective um, things that make us human in a way. And I think um, falling in love for the first time and having a child for the first time or maybe not having a child. These are all things that are um, what a lot of people end up experiencing at some point in their life. And I think that um, although my work is drawn from from these places that I maybe have witnessed firsthand, they they aren't um, just for me to feel from. Mm. I would like people to be able to project their own um, histories and narratives onto the works themselves. And it's interesting because I've spoken to other artists and some people have told me how they feel very upset when their works get read um, in a different way that it was intended to be read. Whereas I find it quite beautiful to hear how one person might see um, emit the painting that went into the Timothy Taylor show as um uh, a family scene, whereas other people will read it as a more romantic relationship with um, two male figures and a woman. So I find that um, that slippage is something that I really um, enjoy making as large as possible. And um, and so yeah, they are still very private, but they also um, have also they have also opened up. Mm, yeah in that sense they're quite sort of um the process is quite similar to sort of storytelling you know where kind of characters become they leave their original um kind of specific character name and they sort of become people that you know um and I really enjoy actually reading through the writing on your website um which is again you know incredibly sort of honest and open and in one passage um that I assume is about someone that you're in a relationship with um you say I want to feel something when I look at you I want other people to feel it too um the the feeling and the passion and the transference of emotions where do you think your sensibilities come from oh I love that you said that because actually um in many ways it is about um the longest relationship I've ever been in but it's it's actually about my relationship with paint and um it's important that I feel something from when I'm looking at it but I also do want other people to feel something when they look at it too. And um, I've noticed over the years that it's a very reliable relationship to be in because however many, like if I will put my blood, sweat and tears into a painting, after a few weeks, there will be something physical to show for it. Mm. Um, there'll be a painting. Whereas I sometimes feel that my relationships um, outside the studio, maybe, maybe I don't know if I would be able to say the same with those. <laughs> um, earlier today, I was um, looking after my cousin, who's six years old, and she asked me, what's the first painting that you made? Because I was teaching her how to paint. And, and I can't answer that question because I haven't ever known myself not painting I was encouraged a lot as a child and I think that it could perhaps be from having two brothers that were very close and I think this created space for me to find other ways of keeping occupied 
you never feel alone when you're painting. Um, when you're having a good day in the studio, everything outside is muted. I am probably a little bit more sensitive and emotional than um, other people that I know, but I don't know where that comes from. Yeah. Um, I mean, also these themes, um, you know, it's not to sort of um, suggest that your work although it is a, extremely sort of raw and honest and open, there is also a, a, a real rigor and a physically quite taxing method of painting as well that you, that you use. Um, and for those that might not yet know, um, could you explain a little bit about what your practice entails? Yeah. So after stretching, the canvas will be lying flat and I'll size it and then I'll add white pigment into the sizer. It's called distemper. Um, and I'll use a big brush from above. And I think this lack of control from the position that I'm painting creates forms and shapes that possibly wouldn't be done or wouldn't I wouldn't be able to do if it was on the wall. And so from above, I make add a, the brush drips onto the canvas and there are large marks and um later when this dries i put it up onto the screws on the wall and i will um continue with a large brush to try and i'm saying this while my hands up in the air <laughs> i'm like really <laughs> trying to remember exactly the process um because it now has become kind of like so a part of how i do it so i'm just sort of tracking doing footsteps back into it but um with a large brush i'll then um react off of these initial marks and then in these marks um a figuration or suggestions of figuration will start to appear and I'll exaggerate that and so I'll draw out any kind of um slightly um any anything that maybe directly relates to something that I may have seen and so there might be a mother holding a child and there might be a, a, another child that's standing beside them. And, and nothing is concrete until the very last, bro last brushstroke. Mm. And so maybe I'll look at the work and it will be the negative space between these three figures that I will then turn into a horizon or a mountainscape. And so my paintings often um, go through four or five different major stages and it won't be until I'm looking at the canvas and the feeling that I'm wanting to make tangible is very much present that that's when I put the brush down. Mm, right yeah yeah um and I would urge anyone to go and have a look at our film that we made a while back yes. um, where this process is wonderfully described by yourself and also we get to see a bit of it in action as well, which is just great. Um, and uh, during the filming of that, there was music on in your studio and you said that you very rarely work without music playing um, in the background. Um, could I ask what you're listening to at the moment? That's actually... <laughs> quite a funny question because I do very little in moderation so when I find a song I like I will play it until I just cannot <laughs> listen to it again and my recent discovery was found whilst cooking food for Chinese New Year and it's this indie pop band from Hong Kong called My Little Airport and this song is called Edward have you ever thought that the end of the world would come and it's beautiful 
Mm. If I, if you ask me if I still find it beautiful in three weeks' time, I probably will have killed it by that point. But right now, <laughs> there's nothing else that I want to hear. I've probably listened to it about 15 times today already. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going to check that out as well because I remember I asked you recently, there was a song playing in the background, I think, of one of your videos. Um, and it, it was by Nina Nastasia. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I adored that song, so I'll definitely be checking out your um, suggestion. Um, So we're extremely grateful for your generous donation, again, to Art on a Postcard for International Women's Day to support some very vulnerable women um, in the prison system. Um, Could you talk us through the beautiful cards that you have created this year? Yes, it's two acrylic on paper paintings and I'm thrilled for them to be um in art in the postcard because it's such a great cause and I think Gemma's doing brilliant things and um I think it's the third year that I have been lucky enough to be included and the first painting that I made was called I I ended up making about five and then tearing them up because I'm quite a perfectionist Mm -hmm. and um and I was really struggling because the scale I I enjoy that challenge of shifting from uh 160 130 canvas um and then pushing yourself but I did definitely find that um training rather than having these big gestural um using your elbow to paint and then actually being um sort of myopic using your fingers um more and it's just Mm. a different kind of it's almost as if you become really good at jogging and then you get on a bike and actually you're you're back to basics and I hadn't painted this scale for a while and um my painting Tetris is of uh, is drawn from a slight altercation which I probably won't go into but um there's a figure that's leaning over another figure and after I painted it I looked down and I realized that the way they fit into each other reminded me of the most amazing game if anyone's feeling mm-hmm. like they need something to do during this third lockdown um mm-hmm. tetris is the one i am i think i'm the 21st best player in my region so i'm oh. quite proud of that. <laughs> she's multi-talented <laughs> <laughs> and then the other painting is called polka dot and it's depicting a female figure standing in water up to her knees and she's wearing a polka dot swimsuit and there's a male figure who's um on the bank of the lake and both of the landscapes are drawn from um switzerland and switzerland's a place that i often return to it's where my grandmother's from and it's um i think i'm noticing that these mountains because i will paint interiors and i will paint domestic scenes that are drawn from um, places in the UK but I think recently I've been painting these mountains because I have such a yearning to go there Um, none of us I don't think um, have left the UK since COVID started and so it's um, it's about I, I suppose it's about wanting to see these three mountains they have three mountains that face the village where i'm from in switzerland who um i now look at almost as if they're friends and they they are 
immune to time and the three of them stand beside each other mm. totally unaffected by um what we all get affected by and so for example my my brother my brother might have a child or people might leave us and um new relationships might form and end and these mountains just stand very proudly across the valley and i find it um I find I, I miss I miss those three guys a lot, and so that's I think why both of the works that I put in Art and the Postcard this year are um, are from here. Mm. Wow, that's so wonderful! Thank you so so much, Antonia, for um, for chatting with me, and for also for those two mini masterpieces that you've handed in um, to us for this uh, upcoming auction. Um, Everybody can check them out at artonapostcard.com um, and take a look um, because they are really um, sort of um, examples of just how brilliant your work is. So we're very, very happy to have you involved. Um, I'm thrilled to be a part of it. And thank you so much for such interesting questions as well. <laughs> really um, made me think. <laughs> um, I'm glad that uh, we, we were able to catch up today. Bye, Anton. Bye, bye, bye. Thank you for listening to Art on a Podcast. To find out more about anything in today's episode, go to artonapostcard.com and be sure to follow us on all our social channels at Art on a Postcard. Goodbye.